Well, good morning again. Everybody hear me? <clears throat> okay, make sure they can hear me too. So. so we come this morning, first thing in the morning, to celebrate a, in a special and peculiar way the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That's pretty awesome to get together with people that you love and try to soak in the wonder and the awe, A-W-E, of what historically happened almost 2,000 years ago. Something I want to say up front is when you get Christianity, you get history. These are not cleverly devised myths that somebody came up with. You get hardcore historical facts when you get Christianity. For nearly two millennia now, followers of Jesus have honored and revered this day as the day that death was beaten. The day that Jesus was vindicated and the day that our faith was born. I've said before, there's a lot of debate about Advent, Christmas, when the actual events took place. We really don't think they happened around the time of when we celebrate Advent. But today, we know. Jesus came out of the tomb on the first day of the week after Passover. Well, the Jews celebrated Passover this past week, right? So this is the first day of the week. We started celebrating our worship services as Christians on the first day of the week because this is the day, today, almost 2,000 years ago, that death was beaten, that Jesus came out of the tomb today. And I just want to take a second and I want to kind of breathe that in that we are 1,980 some odd years later probably, we gather together on the day that it happened to commemorate it. I think we're pretty good at celebrating birthdays here most times. Why do we do that? Because that was the day somebody was born. And we remember it and we celebrate and say, I'm so glad that you were born on this day 40 some odd years ago, whenever it was. Today. On this day, really kind of at this time, word started getting out. Word started getting out. He, he's, not, he's not in the tomb. He's not in the tomb. And maybe some pieces started coming together for some people. Maybe they didn't. And what I want to do is that I want us to stop our hypermanic 21st century lives and breathe in the wonder of what this day means. Imagine the real-life emotions experienced that day and what all followed in the days after as Jesus showed Himself to be alive after He was dead to those that He chose to show Himself to. And what I want us to look at this morning is what happened with some of those people who were witnesses to His resurrection. But that brings me to a first necessary question. Who witnessed the resurrection of Jesus Christ? The answer is nobody. Not a soul. Nobody saw Jesus come out of the tomb. Nobody stood and said, yes, I saw it. The stone rolled away or was thrown away and He came out in glorious power and the angels were singing. That didn't happen. Nobody saw it. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, like in the councils of eternity past, were the only visual 
apprehenders of what actually happened that morning. Nobody saw it. It seems pretty stupid to put your faith in something that nobody saw, right? Because we are people who believe that faith is based on fact. That faith is not a leap in the dark. One early morning when a stone was rolled away and there's an empty tomb. What good is an empty tomb if we don't know what happened to get the guy who was dead and in there out of there? But there's nobody to tell us what happened. So how do we know what happened? We know because Jesus showed Himself to some people who became the witnesses that He was alive again. These people didn't see it happen, but they saw signs and evidences, and they saw this man Jesus alive who was last seen by them, now get a hold of this, being pulled off of a cross, dead as a doornail. And what did they see? find out what they saw, we have to look in the book. We have to look in the Bible. And the Bible gives us their story. If you would, turn your Bibles to John chapter 20. There are still three Bibles up here if anybody needs any. It's going to be best if you have something in front of you to follow along. Now who was the first person to see Jesus once He was alive again? Mary from Magdala. Mary Magdalene. This is the Mary that the Bible says Jesus had cast seven demons out of. It says that twice in Mark 16, 9 and Luke 8, 2. Now stop for just a second and think about how peculiar, think about how amazing, and I don't even, I don't even have words here, just think of the fact that this woman, this demon, formerly demonly, demon-possessed woman, was the first person to see Jesus alive after he died. That's bizarre, y'all. God does weird things. And we don't understand them, do we? We don't understand everything. We understand some things, but we sure don't understand everything. And he chose to reveal himself as the risen Christ to a formerly demon-possessed woman. Not just a demon-possessed woman, but a woman who had seven demons. Anybody feel hopeless here this morning? Anybody feel like your situation is hopeless? He shows himself alive to Mary. Here in John 20, I'm going to read verses 11 through 18 to see what Mary saw. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, starting in verse 11. And as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Take that in for a second. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, and to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things 
to her. Now again, first thing in the morning this morning, breathe in what just happened. It was probably dark-ish when she got to the tomb. Imagine the devotion of this woman who loved this man so much, not in a romantic way, but in a way that drew her to him. Her life was attached to him, and when he died, a huge part of her died. And she just wanted to come and give, be of some service to him, bring in some ointment and some, some herbs and some spices to wrap his body again so that he wouldn't stink. And she shows up and he's not there. And she was crushed. Where'd you take him? Now imagine this woman. Where did you take him? If you tell me where you took him, I'll take him and I'll bury him. Crushed. Despair. Sadness. And then something happened. He spoke her name. And she's like, it's him. Now can you imagine the emotions there? I didn't sleep much last night. What's going on? She's pinching herself. Jesus, Rabboni, my teacher? She's, he's like, yeah, it's me. Go tell my brothers that you saw me. So she runs off and she does. So who's next? The disciples, right? Look at John 20, 19 through 23. Jesus shows up and reveals himself to these guys who had heard from Mary that she had seen Jesus. Do you think they believed her? Some questions probably. What were they doing? On the evening of that day. Now this is the evening. Okay, so this is later in the day. The first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. So here are these guys, these brave, bold, Galilean fishermen and tax collector and who knows what else, zealots, and they're locked up in a room somewhere because they're scared the Jews might crucify them next. Scared to death, doors locked. Poof! Jesus shows up. Did he walk through the door? Did he just form? I don't know what happened. But I know he showed up in the middle of their locked room. And he says, hey guys, just as God the Father sent me, I'm sending you now. And it says they were glad. And then he just, he's gone. Where'd he go? So he showed himself to his disciples, but somebody wasn't there that evening. Who wasn't there? Thomas wasn't there. Go on to verse 24. This is the next appearance that John dictates. 24 through 29. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. Where was he? I don't know where he was. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. And he said, Praise God. He's alive. No. But he said to them, Unless I see his hands, in his hands, the mark of the nails, and place my finger in the mark of the nails, and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Now, let's not be too hard on old Thomas, okay? Eight days later, his disciples were inside again. Jesus' disciples, not Thomas's. 
and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, eight days later, by the way, a full week and a day later, they're still locking the doors because they're scared. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, now imagine this moment. Jesus looks him in the eye and he says to Thomas, Shame on you. How dare you doubt? No. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. We're kind of hard on old Thomas, right? What do we call him? Doubting Thomas. Let's cut him a break, okay? <laughs> what if I came and told you, hey, your best friend that died last week, I saw him alive. That's fantastic. No, you'd probably be like, now what? What happened? People don't come back from the dead. So let's be fair. Thomas didn't see Jesus and said that he simply would not believe unless, not only that he saw him, but he said, I want to touch him. I want to put my fingers in the marks and I want to put my hand in his side. And I can't say that I blame him too much. Was that all the people that saw Jesus? No. Anybody heard of the road to Emmaus? Huh? Luke 24. If you would turn there. It's a little lengthier passage. Stick with me. We're going to read verses 20, uh, 13 through 35. Now this is the same day that Jesus rose, okay? We're going back in time. That day, that very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus about seven miles from Jerusalem, and they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What is this conversation that you're holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, named Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days, you dummy? And he said to them, What things? <laughs> now here's Jesus. What things are you talking about? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who we're obviously authorities on, a man who was a prophet, mighty indeed in word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, now these guys he kind of lets have it, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all the prophets have spoken, was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, the Old Testament, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. I think that was the finest preaching message ever preached. He took the whole testament and said it was saying this about me. <laughs> so they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he were going further, farther, 
but they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them, and their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the Scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. We're not going to talk about Simon this morning. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. One more person we're going to look at this morning. Turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 9. We're going to read verses 1 through 9. And we're almost done. Then a couple guys are going to get wet. But Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. Now this is quite a bit later went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus so that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now as he went on his way, he approached Damascus and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Saul said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice but seeing no one. Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were opened, he saw nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus, and for three days he was without sight, and neither ate nor drank. Now this is after Jesus had ascended. This was quite a while after the resurrection, and Jesus shows up on a road somewhere where a guy is going to persecute people who believed in Jesus. He had authority from the authorities to go and persecute people who believed in Jesus. Jesus was gone. He was not dead. He was gone. And he shows up on the road. And he says to this guy, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. I want to ask you three questions this morning. Three questions with some sub-questions, okay? All these people saw Jesus after he was dead and alive again. So we know that Jesus did come back to life after he died. That's how we know. Nobody saw him come out of the tomb, but they saw him after he was out of the tomb. These people were witnesses to his resurrection. I want to ask you a question. Who are the witnesses of Christ's resurrection today. If you are a Christian, you are a witness to the resurrection of Christ. Our lives are to bear witness to the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I sat in an office somewhere over there the other day and one of my clients asked me, can you beat depression? And I looked them in the eye and I said, yes, you can. 
I said, you may struggle with it your whole life. You may wrestle with it your whole life. But the only way you're going to overcome depression, the only way you're going to beat depression, is through the resurrection power of the life of Jesus Christ. Chemicals might help you some, but you're not going to beat depression outside of resurrection life. You're not going to beat your sin, Christian, outside of the resurrection life of Jesus Christ. So you're to be witnesses of the resurrection of Christ, but let me ask you this question. By a show of hands, who here has seen with their eyes the resurrected Christ? Nobody. If you have, we need to talk. You might need to come to my office. Get some chemicals in you. <laughs> so if you are to be a witness of the resurrected Christ, where are you to see Christ? And how are you to witness about Him? Two places you're going to see the resurrected Christ. Look around you first of all. We are His body. The fullness of Him who fills all in all. You're going to see Christ in the church. And where are you primarily going to see Christ? In that book you hold in your hand. If you are going to be a witness of the resurrection of Christ, you're going to see the chief proof of that resurrection in that book. It makes it kind of important, right? What did they say on the, after, after He left, after the road to Emmaus? Did not our hearts burn within us? as He spoke to us on the road concerning Himself all through the Old Testament. The Word of the Lord is where we will see the resurrected Christ chiefly today. So are you looking? Who are the witnesses to His resurrection? We are as believers. We who are gathered here this morning. We who are gathered across the world on this resurrection morning. Have you ever seen the resurrected Christ? No, you haven't. But you can see Him in His church and in His Word. And I want us to think about these people as we close. Mary Magdalene met the resurrected Christ in her despair. The disciples met the resurrected Christ for the first time in their dread, locked up for fear of the Jews. Thomas met the resurrected Christ in his doubt after he refused to believe. On the road to Emmaus, they met the resurrected Christ in their day-to-day -day life. He showed up, started walking with them, talking with them, eating with them. And Paul met the resurrected Christ in his defiance. So this morning, are you despairing? Are you living in dread? Do you doubt this morning? Are you just day to day in it? Are you in defiance? Good news, folks. If you're in any of those camps, the resurrected Christ comes to you this morning. And He says one thing to you. Believe. Believe. You want proof? Look around you at these people. You want proof? Look in that book. 
and you want power? Jesus came out of the grave to give us resurrection life. To give us resurrection power in the midst of our despair, in the midst of our dread, in the midst of our doubt, in the midst of our day-to-day living, and even in the midst of our defiance. The resurrection power of Jesus comes. The person of the resurrected Christ comes and He says this to you as a command and as a comfort. Believe in Me. And we are confronted with that this morning and we are comforted by that this morning. Let me pray. God, we believe and we are comforted. We have doubts and we are comforted. We despair and we are comforted. We have dread and fear of what the future may bring and we are comforted. We are busy about our day-to-day lives and we are comforted. In our defiance against You, in the midst of our sin, You come to us through the power of Your Holy Spirit in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ who was raised from the dead and You comfort us. God, this morning, empower, encourage, encompass Your people with the miracle of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We have convincing proofs. We have history on our side. Many would say that we are on the wrong side of history. (laughs) But God, You say something different. Comfort us this morning. Encourage us this morning. And as we move to this baptismal pool, tell us again the story of the death and the burial and yes, the resurrection of Jesus Christ so that You might be glorified in and through us, God. We thank You for Your mighty work. We thank You that You still move mountains. We thank You for Calvary, yes. But even more than that, God, we thank You for an empty tomb and a resurrected Lord. Not just resurrected, but ascended and glorified. And who now ever lives to intercede for us. We praise You for who You are. We praise You for what You've done. And we celebrate it this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's move to the pool, y'all.